What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I am your host, Matt. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And on today's podcast, we have former Minnesota Gophers women's hockey player, Taylor Williamson. But before we get to that interview, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter at College Hockey Talk. Also, subscribe to our Apple Podcast page, leave a rating and review, follow our Spotify page as well, and subscribe to our new YouTube channel. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I really appreciate it if you did those things. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. I really appreciate that as well. Now, like what I mentioned earlier, our guest today is Taylor Williamson. Uh, She used to play for the Minnesota Gophers as she won a national championship with that team in her freshman year. She also won Miss Hockey back in 2015, and she's accomplished a lot in her hockey career, and it was a great interview with her. So without further ado, here's the interview with Taylor Williamson. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, former Minnesota Gophers women's hockey player, Taylor Williamson. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and how's it going? Thanks for having me, Matt. It's, it's going well. Uh, currently at the rink, enjoying these next couple of days that we have here in Minnesota with the rinks open. Yeah, that's good to hear. And um, how's your quarantine been overall? And we've been doing to stay busy and pass the time throughout these few months. You know, quarantine, um, I'll admit it, it's, it's been going as good as I think it could. I feel super blessed just with, you know, amazing family and friends to surround myself with and been enjoying my time this past summer up north at my cabin um, up in Brainerd, Minnesota. And um, now that the fall's kind of rolled around, I've been back in the Twin Cities area a little bit more um, in the rinks quite a bit with um, a bunch of girls and enjoying the the time that we have together. Yeah, and uh, what's the biggest challenge you've had to face during this pandemic? You know, I think the biggest challenge, and and I feel a lot of people could relate, is um, just the change of pace in life. I think, especially just being a Division One hockey player, um, I'm so used to living life at such a high pace, and being in quarantine, it's really challenged me to slow down, and and obviously have to stay inside and, and be safe and keep and keep others safe. So. For me, that challenge has been just figuring out what life is like being at home a lot more um, and just finding creative ways to connect with people that I'm not able to see face-to-face anymore. Yeah, and uh, I want to start off talking about the beginning of your hockey career. You grew up in a big hockey family, and you're from Edina, Minnesota. Um, How did you start playing hockey yourself and falling in love with the sport? Yeah, great question. Um, My family is a hockey family, and so – Uh, It started back with my grandpa, Murray. Um, Murray Williamson is his name, and he grew up in Canada but made his way to the States as he got older because he was recruited by John Mariucci to play for the Gophers. And so um, my my grandfather played at the U, and then my dad followed in his footsteps, Dean Williamson. And so, you know, just growing up in a hockey family where every holiday, um, every Christmas – in particular, um, it always ends up in a big pond hockey game. And so kind of growing up, I I knew that I wanted to be a hockey player. Um, It's just in our blood. And um, in particular, I knew that I always wanted to play um, for the Minnesota Gophers, just like my grandpa and and dad had done. And did they help you when it came to your recruitment process or playing college hockey? Yeah, actually, um, growing up in Edina, my dad was actually my coach all the way through up until high school. And he actually coached me um, my junior year of high school when our varsity coach, Laura Slominski, had to take um, the year off due to an injury that she had received. But he helped me all the way through. And um, my grandpa is just one of my biggest supporters. And he ended up moving back from Arizona actually to watch my hockey games and in the end of my career at the U in particular. So um, they were always there to support me. Um, They never pushed for me to go to the U. They just wanted me to go for uh, to the place where it was the best fit for me. And it just happened to be the U. Yeah. And uh, who was your favorite player growing up and what part of their game do you try to emulate to your game? That's a great question. Um, You know, it's funny because I would say that at different phases of my life, I had different players that I really admired. Um, When I was uh, growing up, I would say Sidney Crosby was a big favorite of mine. 
Um, I just love his creativity, but also the hard work that he does in all three zones. And, and I feel like I really related to that in my game um, and just the way that he uses his skill to either set up his teammates or uh, to set up himself for a good scoring chance, I think is just, just one of many amazing gifts that Sid has. And then, you know, in addition, I just think growing up and, and getting more into college, watching Connor McDavid out there, as a lot of people would say, he's just such a phenomenal player and you're an ah every time you watch him. Um, those were two of my favorite hockey players, I'd say, of all time. Yeah, and uh, like I just said, you played for your high school in uh, Edina. Uh, talk about your high school hockey experience and what you took away from it. Um, yeah, p playing uh, at Edina in high school was super special. Um, it was fun just to be able to play with girls that I had grown up with. And um, I think all the time and dedication that I really put into training, um, it, it really paid off in high school. And uh, was fortunate to have a super successful career at Edina and also get the opportunity to play um, and represent my country with the U18 team for a couple of years. And, um, you know, obviously getting into my senior year of high school, um, I was lucky enough as well to uh, win the Miss Hockey Award in 2015. And so, you know, overall, it's just a blessing to call myself a Minnesota hockey player. Um, the way that people in, in this state have a passion and love for the game, it's unlike anywhere else. And so I just feel super lucky to be a part of it and to have, had such a great high school experience. Yeah, I want to ask you about the Minnesota high school hockey scene and just how big it is up there. And you got to play in the state championship at the Excel Center. From an outsider's perspective, the two schools I really know the most are Edina and uh, Minnetonka. Just talk about that, how big the high school hockey scene is up there, because just watching it from YouTube, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I recommend if you have never gone to find a time in your life to make it up here in March to be a part of the tournament because it is such a cool experience to be in the XL Energy Center um, where the Wild play, but then to be there for a high school game and see every seat filled. It is so cool. Um, it's amazing to see the student sections that are formed for the games and how they go all the way up and um, it's so loud. And, you know, being a player then and playing underneath such a big crowd um, and under the big lights, um, it's just a surreal feeling. And it's something that you never forget because um, the state tournament is what you work for. Like as a, as a Minnesota hockey player, you dream of playing for your high school and playing in the state tournament. Um, and more specifically, um, you know, especially at Edina where we have such a legacy growing up, you dream of winning that state championship. And it's just a really cool opportunity to showcase all the hard work that you put forth because you know that you have people watching you and um, you know at the end of the day you play hockey for the best games and most competitive games where you get to play a rival and it always ends up in that state tournament that you get to play the best of the best teams in the state um, and they're always rivalry games so it's just a really cool weekend um, for every hockey season that's for sure. Is it weird for you looking at other state high school tournaments and just how not as big it is up in Minnesota? Because here in Massachusetts, you basically have to play junior hockey in order to get noticed by D1 schools. Yeah, that's it's super interesting. And I know um, talking to friends that um, are from other states, they always say it's, they think it's super cool that we have a state tournament that means so much to us. And for them, it's always, you know, we want to win nationals. But for us, the NLBL is that state tournament. So I think it's pretty cool to hear the difference between the, t the two states. Yeah, and um, how did your time at Edina prepare you for college hockey? Um, yeah, I think it, it really prepared me well. And obviously, you, it's a unique experience growing up in Edina, Minnesota, because every coach that you have has an incredible hockey resume. They either, you know, played college hockey or played pro hockey. And so you know that you're getting this wealth of knowledge that not every other uh, player is fortunate enough to get. And so for me, I just feel super lucky that I had amazing coaches all the way through my youth hockey career and in high school because, you know, without them, I wouldn't have become the player that I, I was and was able to be going into um, my college career. Now, you, like you just said, you got to play for the U.S. under-18 team in Hungary. Um, talk about getting the opportunity to represent your country and win a silver medal on the national stage. Yeah, that was um, a super fun experience. And over the years, you, uh, you get to be a part of 
um, various like national camps and whatnot. And so over the years I had formed really good friendships with girls from other States. And so, um, when I made the U18 team and played in Budapest, it was just such a fun time to be playing with girls from Boston and New York and Connecticut, um, and uh, Illinois and Michigan. Um, and that bond that we made when we were in Europe was just, um, super special and we are still close and talk to this day. So, it's just an amazing experience that, you know, very few people get to have and to wear that red, white, and blue jersey on your chest um, is just, it gives you chills every time you think about it. And I just felt super lucky to have that experience and to take home a silver medal was um, very special as well. And you also said you won Miss Hockey back in 2015. Uh, what is that award for people that don't know and talk about getting the chance to receive that honor? Yeah, so the Miss Hockey Award um, goes out to the top uh, senior girls hockey player in the state of Minnesota, and it's just a super prestigious award. Um, the first uh, recipient was Winnie Brote, and for those of you that don't know her, um, she really is the pioneer for women's hockey in the state of Minnesota, um, and along with her are names like Danny Caminese, um and Sydney Baldwin, and and the list can go on about all these legends that have received that award. And so um, to have been a, a fellow Miss Hockey Award winner um, is an honor, a huge honor, and one that, you know, very few people obviously get to uh, say that they have. So that was a really special moment, um, an opportunity to just thank all the coaches and teammates and my family that helped me get to that point because there's no way I would have won that award without them and their help and support. Now I want to ask you, what was your recruiting process like and what made you want to go to Minnesota in your senior year and talk about getting the opportunity to uh, get recruited by them? Yeah, uh, I feel super fortunate with the recruiting process that I had. Um, I was lucky enough to be a player that um, a lot of college coaches showed interest in. And with that, um, I was able to go and visit a bunch of schools and kind of weed out the things that I wanted and didn't want in the college that I picked. Um, and it was pretty cool to, you know, start with a large list and then bring it down to my top 10 favorite and then my top five and then my top four and then my top three and then down to two. And then to end up, uh, picking Minnesota, it was my sophomore year of high school in the fall. And it was just one of those moments where I had been thinking about it and seeing a bunch of schools and gone all over the country and visited, but at the end of the day, I knew deep down I always wanted to be a gopher, and um, I had dreamt of wearing that maroon and gold M on my chest. So I just knew it was the right fit and ended up committing. Um, and I just was super fortunate to have that opportunity to play for Coach Frost and the Minnesota Gophers. Now, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make uh, to your game during your freshman year? Uh, was it the mentality, trying to make quicker decisions with the puck, or was it more the physicality of playing against players that were three to four years older than you were? Um, I think that the biggest adjustment would be honestly just a college lifestyle. As a student athlete, you have such long days and hours and, you know, um, hockey isn't everything at that point. You, you're at the school to earn a degree and you have to work really hard in school and you have a couple hours of practice every day on top of workouts and then that full school schedule. So for me, it was really just adjusting and figuring out that time management. But um, on ice, I would say um, that, yeah, that adjustment was just the, the pace and the physicality that the um, WCHA conference in particular brings every single game. Now, in your freshman year, you lost to Wisconsin in the WCHA final. Uh, talk about what you remember from that game and what was your mindset heading into the national tournament that year? Yeah, that was a big wake-up call for our team. Um, I remember in that game being super disappointed and sad because we obviously wanted to take home that WCHA tournament title. Um, it's a very big deal to be able to win that. And, um, you know, in a season you have, you have big defining moments. And I think for us, we chose to make that moment a defining moment for our team. Um, we took the time to reflect and see what we need to work on and change because our ultimate goal is to win that national title. And so I think in the grand scheme of things, it was almost a blessing to have lost to Wisconsin because um, at the end of the day, they're our rivals, and um, we knew that they were going to be the team that we had to overcome in the next couple of weeks to win that national championship. So 
we really reset after that loss and um, it ended up working in our favor because we won the title then a couple weeks later. Yeah, and then you beat Princeton in the first round in the, the national playoffs. Uh, talk about your first playoff experience and what did you take away from it? Yeah, um, it's it's crazy because I remember being so nervous um, playing at home in that game. Um, not nervous because I didn't think we would win, but just the nerves of playoff hockey. Um, it's the best time of the year, and no doubt it's always the best hockey that you get to play as well. And I remember actually uh, Princeton scored early on in the game, so they were up 1-0. And after a while, our team finally settled in and um, – Right after they scored that goal, we woke up and, and then took the game um, back from them right away. So it was super fun to have that that game at Ritter. Um, and it was a really good start then to the rest of our playoff run. Yeah, and then you guys got revenge against Wisconsin in the semifinals, beating them in overtime. Uh, talk about that game and getting to eliminate one of your biggest rivals in the semifinals of that year. Yeah, that that game honestly might have been – one of my favorite games ever playing as a gopher. Um, I remember early on um, just being at the University of New Hampshire, and that rink is huge. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a large rink. Um, it's an Olympic-sized sheet, and I just remember going into that game um, with full confidence in our team. I knew that we could do it. I knew that we were prepared um, and had done all the work that we needed to up until that point. And so there was no pressure. It was just time to go play and have fun um, and trust that my teammates would do their part and role in winning that game. And, um, you know, that first shift for me, I knew it was going to set the tone um, to what would be the, uh, you know, just a good, good start to the game. And I actually ended up scoring that first goal for our team. And um, it was a huge momentum shift for sure. We scored early on, and that really set the pace and the tone then for the remainder of the game and for us to ultimately win. And uh, my best friend, uh, Sarah Potomac, ended up scoring the overtime goal because um, that game went back and forth the entire time. So it was super cool. And um, after we beat Wisconsin, we kind of knew going into that championship game that um, we could do it, that we were, we were going to win if we, if we showed up and were ready to play BC. Yeah, I want to talk about that game. You won your first national championship beating Boston College. Uh, describe the emotions you were feeling after winning your first national championship. And I believe BC was undefeated that year. So talk about giving them their first loss. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, the U is actually the only team um, to have ever gone undefeated and won the national championship. And that happened, I think it was in 2013 or oh. 2012, if I'm correct. Um, and so, you know, not only were we trying to win the national title, but we were also um, trying to defend that honorary title of being the only team, the only program in the nation to have been undefeated and win. So um, it was really cool um, to, you know, play a tremendous team. Boston College is, was amazing, and they had incredible players, and they're an, still to this day uh, an amazing program that I have so much respect for. But um, – I remember going going into the game and was just excited to suit up one more time with that team that we had that year. We just had such a special bond and um, had faced so much adversity leading up to that point. So to be playing Boston College, who, like you said, was undefeated, and to have the chance to take that um, away from them and, and bring Natty home to the Twin Cities was super special and a moment that I will never forget and will treasure for, forever. Now, in your sophomore year, your team struggled in the WCHA playoffs, beating Bemidji State in three games and then losing to Duluth in the semifinals. Uh, what do you think went wrong during the tournament? Um, you know, it's it's not even a, necessarily a, of what went wrong, um, but just, you know, giving Duluth the credit that they showed up to play that game. And the WCHA is a conference that every team you play um, is incredible and you have to come ready to go. And like I had mentioned in that previous year when we lost to Wisconsin, um, it was similar with Duluth in, in that they had come ready to play and we had, uh, we had some things that we had to clean up after that and it was still, uh, we were fortunate enough then to um, just have another crack at fixing the things that had gone wrong and getting a chance to continue on in our season. 
Now you lost to Clarkson in that Frozen Four your sophomore year. Uh, what was it like to be eliminated and lose your first big game in your college career? It was really hard. Um, not gonna lie, that was that was a tough one to lose, and um, I really just my heart went out to the seniors that year. Um, it does every year when a season ends because the thing about college is that there's very few people that will continue on um, to play, and so. That year with those seniors, um, it was really special, um, and I had a lot of strong friendships with those girls, and so it was just sad to to lose and not have a chance to play in that national championship game because um, it's obviously super special to have that opportunity. So um, losing to Clarkson was really tough um, and sad, but it also kind of uh, gave us motivation going into uh, my junior year um, to really work hard and, and get us back into that national championship game you got to play the Korean team to start off your junior year campaign uh talk about getting the chance to play that country and what was it like trying to grow the sport of hockey with them it was a super fun game and I give them credit they um were a team that were super disciplined and had a, a, t a ton of skill so it was really fun having that chance to play an international team and have them come and experience hockey in Minnesota now I was reading a great ESPN article that you were unfortunately diagnosed with MG your junior year. Um, how do you mentally and physically deal with that, and especially being a student athlete with that type of diagnosis? Yeah, that was um, and is actually to this day still the toughest challenge that I face. And, um, you know, being out, I was out for half of my junior year that year due to um, being diagnosed with MG. And um, I deal with it by taking medication every day. Um, and I'm able to go to the hospital and get infusions as well that help with my symptoms. But um, I honestly, it's, it's odd to say, but I, I'm grateful for um, going through that experience because uh, it really showed how much strength that I have within me, but also um, the incredible support system that I have being my family, my teammates, and my coaches. Um, that is an experience that totally changed the the trajectory of my life and really gave me a new perspective on life. And um, looking back at it that year, oddly enough, was one of my favorite years just with overcoming all that adversity and then um, getting into that WCHA championship game against Wisconsin um, and having to win to be able to move on um, and continue our season into the national tournament, um, scoring that game winning goal against Wisconsin was super special and kind of the cherry on top of it all. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's not even about the wins and losses, but in my opinion, at least, and for me, it's just all, all the experiences and relationships that you get to make with your teammates. And for me that year, um, it just showed me how grateful I am to be a gopher and be a part of gopher women's hockey because the bond that I have with those girls is something that's undescribable, but, but um, forever grateful for. I want to talk a little bit more about that WCHA championship your junior year. Um, what emotions were you feeling after winning your first league title, especially scoring the winning goal and going through what you went through during your junior year? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very emotional time after the game. And um, like I said, just facing all that adversity um, and going from a place in my life where I thought I'd never lace up my skates again um, to then scoring that game winning goal. Um, it was a very emotional time and, um, it was a super surreal moment that I'll treasure forever. Now, being a senior on the team, uh, what type of leadership did you want to bring in? Were you more of a vocal or lead by example type of player? Um, I would say it was a little bit of a combination of both. I am someone that brings energy into the locker room every day. Um, I love the game of hockey and, and my teammates see it uh, every day. And uh, But I also love to uh, prove that on the ice as well. Um, through my effort and attitude so I'd say it's a combination of both and um, that's my senior year um, my class growing up we we just became super close and we were a big class there were eight of us and so uh, as a leadership group I think we did a phenomenal job of using the gifts that we each had as a leader and kind of blending it to be a solid senior class. Yeah, and speaking of your senior year, you won the Minnesota Cup. Uh, talk about that in-season tournament and getting the chance to win that. Yeah, the, the rivalry amongst Minnesota schools is so strong. 
just like it is with Minnesota high school hockey. Um, so winning that cup was really fun and um, having that be hosted at Ritter Arena was really cool. Now you played your final collegiate game against Wisconsin in the NCAA championship. Uh, talk about the emotions you were feeling after that game, not only losing the national championship, but playing your final game as well. Yeah, that was a, a tough game. And, you know, looking back, um, as sad as it was, I'm just grateful for the experiences and opportunities that hockey brought to my life. And, you know, it's hard to lose uh, in general, but to lose then to your rival and in the national tournament, um, it's not easy. It's a, not an easy pill to swallow, but at the same time, um, we were one of two teams that were left in the nation. And so I got to play the most games I could in that senior year. Um, and just facing all the health problems that I had in college, um, just playing in my senior year in general was a blessing. And I just am grateful for, uh, the career that I've, I had. Um, and that's kind of why leading up after I what retired um it's why I continued to coach because hockey will always be a part of my life and um I feel like coaching is a great way to give back to the game that's given me so many opportunities now what's been your favorite memory with the Minnesota Gophers um I would say one would be um obviously winning that national title but honestly some of my favorite memories are from uh, things that happened off the ice, you know, whether it was being at the hockey house um, or, um, you know, road trips or flying on our charter plane, uh, things like that were, were really the moments that I treasured forever. Um, and just being at the University of Minnesota for four years um, was such a blessing. And um, I'm just so grateful for uh, Brad Frost to give me that opportunity to be a gopher. Now, have you been back to the university since you've graduated? And what's your thoughts on the team now as they play their first game against Ohio State this weekend? Yeah, um, I have been back. I, I don't live too far away. I'm only about 15 minutes away from campus. So I've been able to go back since I graduated. And um, I'm super excited for the program and to see where, where they go. Uh, being a top team in the nation, you obviously get phenomenal players. And so I'm excited to see um, – you know, what they, they make of this short season that we have due to COVID. And I'm excited for all the, the players that are to come in and, and be future Gophers as well, because uh, like I mentioned, it's obviously a special program and um, a huge honor to be uh, wearing that maroon and gold jersey. Yeah, they got some good recruits in that class as well. I was just looking at it uh, today. Uh, we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast. And my first question is, uh, what type of music do you like to listen to before a game? Oh, gosh, I, I think it's a blend of music. Um, I, I'm a big country music person, but for games, I obviously like to um, do some more pump up and pop. But I, I'm not one in particular that picks the music. I would let my teammates always be the DJ. Now, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Yeah, that's a good question as well. Um, I would say that, um, gosh, I don't even know. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be pretty cool to, uh, to have uh, have lunch with like just a hockey legend, like Wayne Gretzky or something like that, just to hear the stories that he has and, and his perspective on life. Um, I think another athlete that I really admire is Michael Jordan and just his competitiveness and drive that he brings every day. So just to kind of hear his insight would be really cool. Now, did you watch that Michael Jordan documentary that ESPN had a few months ago? And what was it? Was it cool trying to see his mentality? A little, just a little insight of it, because he really didn't seem to care about what people thought of him from the outside, and he just wanted to work and make his teammates uh, better players as well. Yeah, I think the Last Dance documentary is super cool, and um, what fascinated me the most about him was just the compete that he has, and like you had mentioned, he just has so much drive and, and didn't really care about what others thought, but. More importantly, that he had the mentality of always looking in the rearview mirror. And I know that a lot of people here don't look in the past, but for him, he's constantly looking behind him because if anyone got nearly um, close to him and his ability, he would just press on the gas even harder to separate himself from the pack. Um, and I think that is just one of the coolest things about him. Yeah, and uh, what is something that most people don't know about you that you wish more people did know about you? Um, honestly, there's, you know, it's that there's just so much more, uh, to me than hockey. And, um, I guess one of the biggest things is just, um, my faith and 
how much of an impact that has on my life. Um, I love uh, the way that uh, I'm able to connect with with teammates and others, and whether that be uh, hockey related or or not. I just love um, forming relationships with whoever kind of enters my life because I just feel that um, there's such an intentionality and purpose behind it. So um, for me, it's just you know enjoying the moments and gifts that I'm given in life and um, kind of embracing the journey that I'm on. Now, what is your favorite TV show? Um, it's a, another good question. I hate to say it, but I love The Bachelor and Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure, I guess you could say. Now, what was your thoughts on this past season with Claire leaving early and going with Dale? Oh, gosh, I thought that was crazy. But, hey, it's, it's – um, entertainment and that's what we why we watch it right so <laughs> pretty crazy but we'll see how it goes for Tasha. yeah I think it should go well I was I did I like pilot Pete a lot I know a lot of people didn't what was your thoughts on him yeah Pete was all right I think um you know obviously every season has its quirks but it was it was entertaining like I said which is why why we watch it and just fun to get together with friends to um to watch the show now, what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, I hate when girls wear their hair down when they play hockey. <laughs> I wouldn't relate to that, so I, I can't comment on that. Now, back to some <laughs> hockey questions. Uh, what should be done? Do you think? What do you think should be done to help grow women's hockey? Honestly, I think um, it's for the players that are have gone through um, and no longer play um, to give back to the game, because the more that we give back. Um, the more more girls are going to play, and that's what's going to help it grow. Now, what have you been up to since graduating Minnesota? Um, I now work um, in Edina, Minnesota for a company called Tradition Mortgage. Um, so I do that full-time, and then on top of it, I also um, am, am the head coach for the Wyzetta High School Girls Varsity team, and this will be my second season with them. Oh, that's nice. What's it like um, getting to see hockey from a different perspective as a coach and not a player? You know, it's super special, and I honestly didn't think I'd love it as much as I do. Um, it's so fun to see the girls um, come together and for me to just give them the tips and insight that I have from my playing career and then to see them execute on the ice is super cool and really special. Um, and I, I just really enjoy my time with uh, all those younger girls and seeing them uh, push themselves to achieve goals that they've set for themselves. Now, being a coach in high school and also having to deal with the recruiting process, what's your advice to younger players trying to pursue a Division I college hockey scholarship, whether they're female or male? Yeah, I, I always tell the girls to just focus on the things that you can control. Obviously, getting recruited and, and wanting to play college hockey can be overwhelming and nerve-wracking, but um, to just focus on the things that you can do, your effort and your attitude every day, um, I always say is the best thing that you can do um, and to just trust that you're, you're going to end up at the place that you're meant to be. So to not worry about it, but to really embrace and enjoy the journey that you're on. Now, what should I do better as an interviewer to improve and make this podcast better? No, I think that you do a great job and I love the, the diversity of people that you put onto it. So I would just say, continue to do what you do. Cause I think it's really going to be a hit someday. Well, I appreciate that. Now, is there any shout outs you want to give to any of your former teammates or family members you have? I just want to give a shout out to all the, the Gopher women's hockey players, both the current and the alum and the future, um, to just thank them for everything that they've done to make that program so special. Um, I will give a special shout out to my Wyzetta girls hockey team. I'm grateful for those girls and, um, and the joy that they bring to my life and and just thankful for all my family and friends that have helped shape me into the person that I am today. Thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I wish you all the best uh, moving forward. And you're one of my favorite Gophers players to watch. And I just wanted to tell you that it was great getting the chance to interview and talk with you. Oh, wow. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate that. Thank you again for having me. And if there's anything I can do for you in the future, please never hesitate to ask. I appreciate that. Have a great day. Thanks. You as well. Just wanted to say thank you so much to Taylor for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it, and I wish her nothing but the best in her future endeavors. 
and hopefully we can get more Minnesota Gopher women's hockey players on the podcast. I'm a big fan of that program, and it'll be pretty cool to get some more players to talk about their experiences on this platform. Now, we got some big college hockey matchups happening this weekend, and I'm just going to preview them uh, before we head out on the show. Let's start off with the men's side, specifically in Hockey East. Boston College is taking on UConn in one of the series in Hockey East. Um, BC has obviously been one of the top teams in the country in the past two weeks. They scored nine goals against Providence in their last matchup, and I'm very interested to see how UConn defensively will play against the Eagles in this series. They struggled a little bit on that front against UMass, especially at the Mullen Center in their first road game as they gave up five goals and got outshot most of that game. And they got outshot a little bit in the first period, the second game they played UMass. I think UConn, though, will be a pretty decent test for BC, a test that I think a lot of people won't um, look at too much. I, if, I think when people thought of their thought of BC schedule, they thought UMass would give them a tough time and Providence and Northeastern, and they're not wrong in thinking that. But I think UConn will be another team that can give them a challenge in Hockey East. Um, I'm just interested to see how they'll defensively play against them. They obviously have some good goal scoring depth on UConn as well. I have BC, though, winning both these games. They've clearly been one of the top teams in college hockey. They always find a way to score, and defensively, they've been fantastic as well. Spencer Knight obviously shut down Providence two straight games in a row, so... So it should be a good matchup, but as a UConn fan, I'm a bit worried against this Eagles team, and I do think they're probably going to win both these games, but I think UConn will definitely give them a good run for their money. Now the next series that's happening in Hockey East is New Hampshire's taking on Maine. Both teams play their first games this weekend, and obviously this will be another matchup in this very historical rivalry. I have UNH uh, winning both these games. I feel like they didn't lose as much as Maine did last year. Obviously, Maine lost Pat Shea and Jeremy Swayman, two of their top players. I thought UNH obviously lost some talent, especially with Max Gildon, but they didn't lose as much as Maine, and that's why I feel like UNH will win this series because I feel like experience will be a key factor, but I'm very interested to see how both these teams look in their first games in Hockey East. Now, another team that's going to be playing their first game in Hockey East is Northeastern, and I'm interested to see how they, they look against Merrimack, and I'm interested to see how they look in general in Hockey East. They're obviously one of the most loaded teams in college hockey, and I can definitely see them being a top 10 ranked team in the near future, and I'm interested to see how Merrimack will respond after upsetting UMass on their home ice. I thought they looked pretty good in that game, but was it a fluke? Who knows? I think Merrimack's a better team than people give them credit for, but I have Northeastern winning this series. I have them winning both games. Now, another matchup that's going on in Hockey East is UMass Lowell's taking on Providence. I'm very interested to see how Providence will bounce back after getting pummeled by BC last weekend, and I think they'll definitely respond well and score some goals, especially Tyce Thompson. I think he's a player to look out for in this game. However, I do have Lowell winning this one. I think they're a little bit better of a team than Providence is and it's in low as well which I think is another key factor for that game now in Atlantic hockey Long Island University is taking on RIT this is Long Island University's first series since splitting Holy Cross a few weekends ago RIT I feel like has looked very good at times and has looked very poor at times especially offensively I think RITs look great I think defensively they've been a bit shaky but I still have a split in this series. I think RIT will win one of these games, and I feel like LIU will definitely sneak out a game in this series. I have a split happening in this Atlantic Hockey matchup. Now, another Atlantic Hockey matchup, as this is technically a non-conference game, is Clarkson is taking on Mercyhurst. For a top 10 team, Clarkson has struggled a lot against Atlantic Hockey competition. For example, they gave up 8 goals against RIT, and I think Mercyhurst has looked very good this year. They look very good against Bowling Green, I thought their goaltending was outstanding that game. However, I do have Clarkson winning this series, in my opinion. Now in the Big Ten, we have some two pretty good matchups. I think they'll be very fun to watch. The first one is Arizona State is taking on Penn State. I can expect a very high-scoring series as these teams have been on a hot streak, finding the net a lot recently. Now the big question for this series is, 
Can Arizona State continue their hot streak, especially after a tough loss against Notre Dame as they gave up three goals in the third period to lose that one? And how will the goaltending be in this series as well? Arizona State has struggled goaltending-wise. They haven't really found their starter with Evan DeBrower and Cole Brady, and obviously Penn State has struggled with their goaltending situation as well. I feel like defensively, these both these teams have struggled, but I have Arizona State winning this one. I think personally they have better goal scoring than Penn State does, and that's why I have them winning this series now another big 10 series that's happening this weekend is ohio state is playing notre dame now despite their 14th ranking ohio state has been very hot and cold this year and notre dame has been struggling at home a lot this year as well they finally won their first home game last weekend against arizona state however they've won three out of their four games split beating michigan in a series a few weekends ago i have a split happening in this series i think because both teams need wins and I think both teams can f- figure out a way to sneak a win in this series. But this should be a fun series. Obviously, Notre Dame's a ranked team as well. And I'm interested to see how both teams will perform in a very important series for the Big Ten standings. And a very important series for both of these teams ranking-wise as well. Now, going to the WCHA, Bemidji State is playing Michigan Tech. This is going to be a very good matchup. I'm looking forward to see what happens there. This is Bemidji State's first game since they had a bad loss to Minnesota. Minnesota State, and I feel like Michigan Tech does look very good this year, especially in their series against Minnesota State as well. I have a split happening in this one because I think Bemidji has something to prove after not playing and obviously losing to Minnesota State in the fashion that they did, and I feel like Bemidji could have been a ranked team this year as well, so I think they have a lot to prove, and I feel like they'll definitely win one of those games, but I also feel like Tech will sneak one out as well because I think they're a very good team, and I feel like this should be a very fun series to watch. Now another series that's happening in the WCHA is Ferris State is taking on Bowling Green. This is Ferris State's first game. How will they look? That's the big question for myself regarding Ferris State. Bowling Green obviously struggled against Mercyhurst and how will they bounce back from that loss they had against that team that's another question i have i have bowling green winning these series i think they're a little bit better and have more experience than ferris state now in the nchc there's been a lot happening in the pod duluth and north dakota had a great battle on thursday night but nick sweeney got the shootout winner to give duluth the win which i think was big for them especially beating the number one team in the country and in my opinion just watching some of these games in the pod i think duluth and st cloud have looked the best in my opinion Um, North Dakota question for them is will they lose their number one ranking they obviously lost against Western Michigan I believe I'm not 100% sure on that and they obviously lost in the shootout against Duluth I feel like they will lose it and probably become the second ranked team but I don't see them dropping as far as that in my opinion Now, let's talk about what's going on in the women's side of college hockey. Let's start off with the CHA. Uh, Robert Morris is taking on Lindenwood. Robert Morris has been dominating Lindenwood in this series as they won three straight games against this team, and they've looked uh, very well on both sides of the puck, both defensively and offensively as well. I feel like Robert Morris should win on Friday as well as they extend their winning streak to four games. That's just my personal opinion on that, but Lindenwood, they definitely have some things to work on after losing three straight against a good Robert Morris team. Now, RIT plays Mercyhurst this weekend as well. They played a game last night. Mercyhurst played well, I feel like, in that game as they got their first win, but RIT definitely gave them a good fight. I can expect another great game on Friday as well, but I have Mercyhurst winning that one in my opinion. I just think they're very very good this year and I feel like they're a destiny to potentially make a good run in the CHA. Now another series that's going on in the CHA is Syracuse is playing Penn State. This is their second matchup in the past two weeks. This one is at Syracuse. Uh, Penn State has looked great this year and I'm interested to see if they can continue their success on the road. Now I feel like Syracuse needs some of their top players like Lauren Belfontaine and Victoria Klimek to step up and continue to score goals to help Syracuse have some success against Penn State in this series. I however have a split happening this series like what happened last weekend in my opinion. I think both these teams are good and I think both these teams will definitely be contenders heading into the end of the season for the CHA. Now in the WCHA, we have two great matchups that are happening at the moment. Minnesota's taking on Minnesota State. Minnesota 
beat Minnesota State last night 5-1 to one, as, they saw, as they scored four goals in the third period. I thought defensively Mankato looked very good up until the third, obviously, but their goal scores need to step up. I was checking some of the statistics from last night's game and from this entire season for Minnesota State so far, and Anna Wilgran and Britton Fleming were two of their top three goal scorers returning to the team this year and right now they have a combined two points in their first five games that's something that really stuck out to me because I thought they were really good last year and really gave Minnesota State's a good edge in some of their games they played and they've struggled a little bit to start off their season I feel like that's definitely been a factor into why Minnesota State has been struggling scoring goals however on a positive note Mankato freshman Cindy Langseth has looked fantastic and I feel like the freshmen have really helped their goal scoring drought a little bit but I can definitely see Britton Fleming and Anna Wilgran uh, stepping up and scoring some goals in the near future. They're probably just on a little bit of a slump right now. But I was just thought it was an interesting thing that I saw just looking at some of the statistics from this season for Mankato. I definitely have the Gophers, though, winning tonight's game against Minnesota State. They've definitely been the best team in women's college hockey this year. Their freshmen look good. Everything about that team is fantastic. They've Their goal scoring has been great. Defensively, they've played well. I have literally no complaints about how this Gopher team has been performing this year, and I definitely expect them to win against Minnesota State tonight. But I feel like Mankato is definitely going to step up and potentially score more goals than they have been already. Now, another series that's going on in the WCHA is St. Cloud State is taking on Bemidji State. St. Cloud State won in overtime as they continue to exceed expectations in the WCHA. However, I thought Bemidji State looked very good last night, and I expect them to bounce back and win tonight's game against St. Cloud State. Now, Hockey East has some series that's going on in the women's side. The first one is Maine is taking on New Hampshire. Hampshire. I'm very interested to see how Maine will look after not playing in three weeks. They obviously lost the Holy Cross and they won against Holy Cross as well. They split that series. I'm interested to see how they'll look after not playing for quite some time. And New Hampshire definitely looked a lot better against uh, BU and I'm interested to see how they can build off some of that positive momentum they had in that series. I have UNH winning this series just because they've played a little more games than Maine has, and I feel like Maine will have some rust in this series, in my opinion. Now, the next series that's going on in Hockey East, and this is definitely the top women's college hockey matchup that is happening this weekend. Northeastern is taking on Boston College. With high expectations, I'm very interested to see how Northeastern will look against a good ranked BC team. Now, BC has shown some vulnerability this year, in my opinion, and I'm interested to see how they can fix some of their problems they have been showing, especially in their series against Providence and UConn. I have NU winning this series. I have the Huskies winning this one, in my opinion. I think they're loaded. I think they're definitely on the right track to make a Hockey's championship win and to potentially make the tournament and the Frozen Four as well. Now, another series that's going on in Hockey East is Holy Cross is playing Merrimack. This is obviously Merrimack's first game in Hockey East this year. And as a 1-3 team, I feel like Holy Cross has looked a lot better than maybe their record shows. I think the big thing is how can they fix their goal-scoring woes. They have been struggling a little bit creating offensive chances and getting pucks to the net, especially against Providence. But Providence is a good team, so that can definitely be a reason why they struggled in that series. But I have Holy Cross definitely winning this series. They have a little more game experience than Merrimack does, but I'm interested to see how Merrimack looks this year. Now, the last Hockey East matchup that's happening on the women's side is UConn is taking on Boston University. UConn's a very good team, but I feel like they've struggled a little bit against ranked opponents, especially in Hockey East, so I'm interested to see how they'll do against a ranked team like Boston University because they're a bit younger than BC was. Now, Boston University had some great moments in their series against New Hampshire, and I'm interested to see how they'll use some of that positive momentum heading into the series with UConn. I'm interested to see if the freshmen will step up. That's a big key for Boston University. They obviously had one of the best recruiting classes. So I'm interested to see what happens in the series. I think it's going to be a split. I think UConn will find a way to beat them one game. And I think Boston University will find a way to beat UConn in one of those games. But I'm interested to see uh, what happens in the series. And I think it would be a key factor in the rankings and in the hockey standings as well. Now, other college hockey news that's been going on is the ECAC announces their schedule for both the men's and women's teams starting in January. 
I kind of expected something like this to happen. I expected the ECAC to have a bit of a later start, especially with all the schools that have been postponing or canceling their seasons in that conference. So it's good to just have another conference back up, and I'm excited for them to start their season soon. Um, So, yeah, we'll we'll catch them in January. Obviously, some of the ECAC teams, though, have been playing some non-conference games to start off this year. I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. It really means a lot to me. We have another episode coming out tomorrow. And then the episode, the podcast will be going weekly. Every Friday, you will be getting a new episode of College Hockey Talk. We have an interview, and we just talk about what's going on in College Hockey. Preview the weekend series and talk about what's been going on before those weekend series as well. So I appreciate you guys listening, though, to this podcast. It really means a lot to me. Please keep listening. It really means the world to me. I'm trying to get some pretty cool guests on as well. We have some great guests that are coming on in the weeks ahead, so be on the lookout for that. But until then, take care, everyone. Have a great day, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Just have to know